It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today was a 10-year member of the U.S. National Gymnastics Team, the 1994 U.S. All-Around Senior National Champion, and a three-time Olympian, a world championship silver and bronze medalist, and a member of the gold medal winning Magnificent Seven team at the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. Dominique Dawes joins us today. We'll talk about her athletic journey and also her spiritual journey as well. Dominique, it's so good to have you on. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So listen, I know you have four kids, and at age six, you started in gymnastics, and kids have all this pent-up energy, and parents are like, you know, I don't want you bouncing off the wall, so i got to direct you constructively to something. So tell us how you got started in gymnastics, and were you one of those kids that were high energy? I was definitely one of the kids that had a great amount of energy, and I remember my parents talking to me about the level of energy that I had, and I did not understand Till I became a mother. And I'm a mother of four kids, as you mentioned. I have an eight-year-old daughter, a seven-year-old daughter, and four-and-a-half-year-old boy-girl twins. And they have an enormous amount of energy, which is why we were very motivated to start a Gymnastics and Ninja Academy. Um, I was just ripping and running from in the sport from age six to nearly 24 years old. And between that time, I qualified to three different Olympic Games. And so some of it was very much a blessing. And then some of it I've learned a great deal from. And again, why I started the Academy here in Maryland. Yeah, and we're going to talk about this journey. It's not, you know, you see Dominique winning the gold, the gold medals, but there's a lot of pain involved, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, if you will. But when did you know you had a competitive spirit? Because I'm thinking at age six or even at age nine, and then you're competing at age 10 and you're like 17th in the all-around junior division at your first U.S. national championship. When did you develop that competitive desire? You know, I don't think I'm a very competitive person, um, though my husband says I'm extremely competitive and I wake up almost thinking about competing. Um, but I started competing in the sport of gymnastics when I was about 10 years old. I remember my first competition was in the state of Maryland and I won the all-around and all events. And then I was quick to hit the road and I was off to Reno, Nevada at a very young age and even Australia a couple of years later representing our country. And so um, I caught the bug pretty early on and I just love the fact that I could challenge myself not only physically in the sport of gymnastics, the very physical sport, but also psychologically as well as emotionally trying to uh, overcome pressure and overcome certain expectations and uh, facing my fears was something I guess that I embraced at a young age. Now, when you're pegged as an elite gymnast and one that has national potential, that means you're going to spend more time probably with your coach and at the respective place you're practicing gymnastics. And that means less time with your parents. Reflecting back, do you feel you missed something in your childhood by going down the route that you did? You know, I had a great amount of talent physical talent in the sport of gymnastics. And I, I do believe that if I went to any coach out there that, um, you know, had a background in coaching in the sport of gymnastics, that I would have been able to accomplish what I accomplished because I was that talented. Um, it's not something, though, that I would advise for a family. I 
am a mother of four kids right now, and I don't want them to go down the road that I chose and my parents chose for me. You know, it had to be something that my parents, I'm not going to say they wholeheartedly embraced it. Um, They did try to take me out of the sport multiple times. And uh, really what my coach did is she dug her talons in and knew that I loved the sport so much as a young person. And my identity was so wrapped up Mm -hmm. in the sport of gymnastics that it would, it was nearly impossible for me to walk away from from that. But even though I went through some hardships in the sport and, and my road is not a road that I would, you know, welcome for anyone, I was able to inspire and empower thousands along the way. And that's really what kept me motivated in the sport to know that I could plant some positive seeds in the lives of those um you know, that looked up to me. What I find so interesting about elite gymnasts, it's that they're striving for perfection all the time. I was a baseball player. So if you fail seven out of 10 times at the plate, you bat 300 and everyone's applauding you, even though you failed seven times out of 10. But you're striving perfection every time that you're competing. What is that like mentally to be, I mean, everyone's quiet in the arena and you're there and you have to be perfect in your own mind. What is that like? Oh, well, it's it's something that when you're 40, I'm about to be 46, when you're 46, you learn to try to shake it off. Like everything that helped me, and not everything, but a lot of what helped me succeed in the sport of gymnastics, I, I speak about today in my, in my motivational talks, will lead to failure in life. And mm-hmm. that in the sport of gymnastics, like you mentioned, we were always striving for that perfect 10. I vivid, vividly remember in 1976 watching a video, a movie of Nadia Comaneci, and when she accomplished that perfect 10, that became what each and every young little gymnast was striving for. And so if you made any type of falter or there was imperfection in your routine, it was quickly pointed out by not only your multiple coaches, but even you knew it as an athlete that you were just not good enough. And I think planting that seed of perfection or teaching our children that they're not good enough mm-hmm. sets them up for failure in life. <laughs> so part of me is like, gosh, why didn't my parents put me in softball, you know, or baseball, you know, um, and even watching my son um, these days when he goes to his little baseball practice that, you know, he's four and a half, but he's got a really good arm and he's very accurate. I have to turn off that gymnastic side of me when he misses the ball. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's a failure. And, you know, mm-hmm. and recognizing that it's okay to make mistakes and not be perfect and we can learn from those mistakes. And, you know, the academy that I started, the Dominique Dawes Gymnastics and Ninja Academy, we have a location in Clarksburg, Maryland. We're opening a second location in Rockville, Maryland. And it really is about instilling in our young people that you are more than enough. And it's about instilling in them the importance of work ethic or being a good team member or picking yourself up from a failure or a mistake and not thinking that you're just not enough. Well, let's tap into that, this academy that you did start. You didn't just start it so you could, uh, uh, quote unquote, train the next national champion or Olympian. You're training it to empower children to be better, to be have a better self-esteem, better self-worth and have fun doing it while they're doing it. Talk about some of the, uh, I don't know, some of the examples of kids that come through your academy and flourish by just participating in the different gymnastic uh, school uh, training, if you will. You know, I've heard the likes of Gabby Douglas thanking me for being an inspiration. And even recently when uh, the Wheaties box, um, you know, had Simone Biles grace the cover of their 100th anniversary edition, she thanked myself and also Serena Williams for inspiring her. And I, as I look back at my career, mm-hmm. 
I was able to inspire many of those that were like the top, top of their game, like top 0.05% of their game. And when everything came out with regards to the abuses in the sport of gymnastics back in 2016, Mm -hmm. with regards to the likes of Larry Nassar, someone that I knew for 10 years of my childhood, my husband and I sat down and we talked about how we could be a part of this positive change in the sport because we don't want young girls to become victims of these abuses that continue to go on, not only sexual abuse, but Mm -hmm. verbal uh, physical, emotional, psychological abuse that continue to haunt many gymnasts that are now adults to this day. And so when we sat down, we thought about what about that 99.5%, let's say, of those that aren't going to be striving for the Olympics or don't have the capacity to get that Division One scholarship or maybe don't even want to sacrifice their childhood to get there or have the slim shot of getting there. And that's really what motivated us to start the academy. It's for those kids and those families that want their kids in a positive, empowering, and encouraging environment with coaches that care, with coaches that empathize or have compassion. And while they're working hard, it is not about making and breaking champions Mm -hmm. in the athletic arena. It really is about getting them to get a sense of self-worth and challenging themselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, socially in a healthy environment that they can then take to their other sports experiences in a highly competitive environment. And so um, this is just our way, my way and my family's way of giving back. And we've had thousands come through our doors and there are thousands knocking on our next door. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know that, you know, while many families want their kids to be the next Simone Biles or the next uh, Michael Phelps, we understand that there's a high percentage of families that really just want their kids to have a positive, healthy, and wholesome experience, and they can have it at my academy. Yeah, one of the key words there I think that was missing is a trusting environment as well, and I'm sure a number of parents didn't put their kids into gymnastics when all this bad press came out, but you're you're at the forefront of changing this and forming a trusting environment where kids could flourish and see if they have uh, whatever they want to do, they want to take it recreationally or up to the next level to be an elite gymnast. They could find it right there at the Dominique Dawes Gymnastic Academy. We're talking today with Dominique Dawes. And what could I say about Dominique? She is, uh, did everything you can in the sport of gymnastics, gold medal, national championships. Let's talk a little bit. Let's reflect back on this career. You've been asked this question maybe uh, 10,000 times, but I want to go 10,001 just to make it uh to see if you're going to change your answer or not. So what was your most special Olympics, Atlanta, Barcelona, or Sydney? Oh, goodness. I mean, I don't even, it depends on when you ask me, but um, every every Olympic game, games for me was unique because I had changed so much as a person. My first one was when I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, It was in Barcelona, Spain. Um, I was the first African-American to qualify at the Olympic trials um, in Baltimore, Maryland. So there was such an honor you know, that enormous amount of weight, knowing that I was representing my race, we ended up earning a bronze medal. The highlight from those games was actually meeting the dream team there, the basketball dream team. That was, you know, the first time that professional NBA athletes were allowed to compete, you know, in in the Olympics. And I think that was pretty special. Um, 96, of course, making history and, and being a part of the first ever women's gold medal team was an honor, was a blessing. Uh, we became known as the Magnificent Seven. I can't believe people still remember <laughs> remember those Olympic Games. I still get stopped and people share amazing, heartwarming stories yeah. about them watching those Olympic Games with their 
for their grandparents and many of them are no longer here and they're like oh my dad loved you and I can't believe I'm meeting you know and so you know I feel very honored and blessed and then my last Olympics in Sydney was um I was a grandma I was old I was definitely at the end of my career I don't know how the young women do it today at 24 years old still competing but I was 23 and it was just a way for me to say farewell to the fans because they kept asking me to come back and I had been retired from the sport and somehow I was able to qualify to those Olympic Games and really just say goodbye. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to find out about the soul of a champion. More with Dominique Dawes when Blessed to Play returns after this. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Dominique Dawes, three-time Olympian, Olympic gold medalist, and she's the owner of the Dominique Dawes Gymnastic Academy. We talked a little bit about that in the first half of the show in the Metro DC area. Go check it out. And uh, really empowering children to have a healthy perspective of who they are through the sport of gymnastics. And that that's a very uh, great thing that Dominique is doing, giving back to her sport and influencing others, especially with the bad press that has come out to be frank, over the course of the last uh, several years with gymnastics. Dominique, you're not only an athlete, but you're a, you have a soul, and that means you're a spiritual being, and I know your relationship with God is very important to you, and I, this story kind of just uh, capsulizes your spirituality. You're in the Georgia Thome, 50,000 people watching you. This is the Atlanta Games, 3.4 billion on TV, and you had this moment where you were breaking down emotionally, and you had to reach out for something more. And I think your team captain Amanda Borden said, uh, "Let's say a prayer." But that really affected you, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it affected me greatly, and it's interesting because it's been—I I'm having mommy brain right now, but 26 years, and I can take myself back to that moment, and it was just an enormous amount of uh, pressure that I felt. Um, to try to lead the team. And when everything happened at the 2021 Olympic Games in Tokyo with Simone Biles and her deciding to back away from mental issues and just the pressure that she felt and what she was dealing with, you know, I, it took me back to the Georgia Dome. Amanda Borden was a great team captain. Uh, we knelt down and prayed together. She let me know, Dom, you've been here before. We need you. Get up kind of thing. <laughs> And uh, when we got up, I just felt like, hey, I'm not alone. I've got to remember that, that he's always here with me, even if I don't feel mm -hmm. his presence all the time or I feel this overwhelming amount of pressure, um, you know, just reminding me that I'm never alone uh, was key. Now, you came from some type of faith and how you processed that as you matured became made it your own. But uh, I believe your mom was from the Baptist faith. She was actually a Sunday school teacher. So you were introduced to some type of faith. But talk about your early relationship with God. I, did you carry that with you through your gymnastic career? I did. Yeah, my mom did introduce me to the church, to the faith, not the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. We went to a Baptist church down the street from our home. And I think she did the best that she could. She did not come from a very healthy upbringing and went through a great deal of abuses, not only as a child, um, but even as um, in the home with my father. 
And so, you know, she was, I think, looking for that place of solace and, and safety and security. And, you know, I do credit her um, for being the one that planted that seed, not only for myself, my older sister, Daniil, and even my younger brother. And, you know, as a kid, you didn't want to go. You know, it was a lot of praise and worship in African-American type churches, which, um, you know, I understand where that comes from greatly. And then when I went into the gymnastics world and ended up living with my coach, who um, is not a believer uh, whatsoever, complete opposite, um, I did feel as if that seed was still planted. And when I would be in the gym environment going through what I was going through, I always felt his presence at times, talking to me, leading me, guiding me and trying his best um, to comfort me. But what led me to the Catholic faith was I very much believe it was my grandmother um, who was deceased at the time. And she was raised Catholic. And um, she was a part of the Pat Piscataway Kanoi Native American tribe in Southern Maryland. And at the time when she was living, she was actually named after a, a blessed woman and who is now a saint, St. Kateri Tekawitha. And um, with my grandmother's, I think, roots in, the, in her, her Native American culture and being named after a blessed woman, I remember driving by a Catholic church often and feeling called to go in and eventually I went in and I just sat in silence in peace which I never honestly had in my life whatsoever as a child or even as a young adult at that time and eventually then felt called to um you know convert and Saint Kateri Tekawitha became um you know the saint that of choice that I you know I chose when I came into the church and hence my first daughter is Kateri about that, that's a beautiful story, and with all the noise in your life as far as being in the spotlight and with gymnastics, and that's one thing I love about going into a Catholic church. When you go in there, it's just peaceful, it's quiet. So I believe you hear the voice of God and how God's working through your spirit more closely because you are quiet, so you could listen. And it seems like you were able to do that despite all the noise in your life. You know, I could listen, but I felt as if I could always feel his presence the majority of the time or even hear his guidance. But it was nice to be at a place where it really was there was complete silence and I wasn't hearing the world or people's opinions of what I should do or, you know, their criticism of what I was doing or even reminded or haunted by um, some of the things that I witnessed or saw in the gymnastics world mm -hmm. or witnessed or saw in my home environment. And so um, that actually, is, you know, the church that I came into the faith in is the church that my husband and I and our four kids go to to this day. And so, um, you know, it is nice to just have silence. And it's it's hard to get that in this world these days. And keeping up with the Catholic theme, the person you married was actually a Catholic school teacher at one time. I know, I know. He's very much wanting to go back. I will say that because uh, being home uh, with four kids and, and running multiple businesses in the area. Um, but yeah, my husband, Jeff, amazing guy. I'm, you know, you know, just a very good heart. And when we wanted to be a part of the positive change in the sport of gymnastics, it was very much his doing. My personality is one in which where I am very private. I'm very introverted, very guarded. And he's his whole perception is you are that way, not because God made you that way, but mm -hmm. because the world has made you that way because you're so afraid of being hurt again. And so he encouraged me um, to open the academies and do a lot of this. It's a lot of work. I will say that. But, <laughs> you know, to open up our hearts um, 
and to create the environment that I wish I had for myself. And how more important is it now to have that for my, for our four kids and for the thousands of kids in the area? And, you know, he used to come home when we were first married and he would share all these awesome stories of the, the amount of young men that had grown up, graduated from his school, and they would come back and say thank you to the headmaster, thank you to the different teachers. And I'm like, wow, these young men, they come back so often. He was like, why wouldn't they? They know that we cared about them as people. We mm-hmm. we love them. Mm-hmm. And he then was like, yeah, in your gym environment, not a lot of people want to come back and thank, you know, the coaches or whatever, because there was so much pain that people went through or how yeah. they were made to feel. And he was like, you've got to change that and create that loving environment in an academy that we would want our own children at. And that's exactly what we've done. Yeah, and you're doing just that. Bust to play Ron Meyer, once again chatting with Dominique Dawes, Olympic gold medalist, national champion, and owner of the Dominique Dawes Gymnastic Academy. Have you put Jeff on the balance beam to see if he could stand up there for 10 seconds? Not a chance. Not a chance. I mean, I, I do give him credit. He is sa- He saved our ninja program. I mean, we're very big <laughs> on getting the right people in place, people that love coaching and working with kids. And in the beginning, when we were about to open our doors, I was like, you're our ninja coordinator, because what we had in place was not what I wanted for, you know, future ninjas at our gym. And so he was coaching easily 30 or 40 ninja classes a week. And we opened during a global pandemic. So Mm -hmm. on average, we had two kids in a class, not profitable whatsoever. Um, And he was just kind of physically feeling it. Um, and so I do credit him from uh, for getting our, our ninja program off the ground. Way to go, Jeff. I know. Go, Jeff. <laughs> so you have this special connection with the Virgin Mary. And uh, I know, you know, a lot of Catholics do, but I want to know why you do. You know, mainly because I always felt as if, you know, I, I think I've always desired to have a relationship with the mother. Mm-hmm. And... Um, my mom, by no fault of her own, is not capable. My dad isn't either. Um, but my mother was not one, you know, that you could sit and have that lunch with or confide in or, you know, feel that sense of comfort and love that a lot of mothers, let's say, can provide for their children. And so whenever I would, you know, drive around even to this day and I see a mother and a daughter in a car together or out having lunch or having coffee, I think that's something that I've always, always yearned for. And I do know when I was coming into the Catholic Church, you know, I felt this longing for Mother Mary and Mm -hmm. I felt that fulfillment feeling as if that was something that was lacking greatly in my life. Again, no fault of my mom's. Um, And that's where I felt you know, that completion there with, uh, you know, leaning and trusting in Mary. Now, we're almost at the end of this interview, but having you explain everything you did in your journey, it seems like you have reached a, uh, a place of peace in your life. Would that be correct? Oh, I would love to say that. But <laughs> um, no, I think it's, you know, it's, it's I'm not going to say it's a daily struggle, um, but it is hard when you come from it is hard when you come from a broken home. It is hard when you, you know, you know, your mother struggles with mental illness. You know, it's very challenging when you, um, you know, I have a hard time removing certain images of your father being a certain way or, um, you know, like it's, it's, you still yearn for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you try not to get stuck in it. And I try to use the pain that I've gone through in life, even in the gymnastics world, and to recognize it serves a greater purpose. And I use that to motivate me and try to be a better mother or try to be a better wife or try to be, you know, a better friend or a better, you know, leader in some capacity. But it's not, um, you know, it's there's there's good days and then there's days where you just have to, and I do, lean on him more. Um, and I say this because I know maybe many of your listeners or a few of your listeners, you know, might be struggling at times with this depression or hopefully not despair, but to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of plant that seed in them to remind them that, hey, you're you're not alone and you have value, you have worth, you have purpose. And believe it or not, that pain and that loss that you've gone through in your life, um, you know, can be used for good. And I do try to remind myself of that. Um, even just trying to, you know, you spoke about earlier perfection, you know, like I'm wired this certain way and just reminding myself when I see my four beautiful children and they're amazing kids, they are hard though, mm-hmm. um, that I have to watch my tone. I have to watch my watch my looks and I have to see the joy in just them being kids instead of, oh, there's a something we're trying to accomplish or achieve. And I honestly think, and this is definitely not throwing my husband under the bus at all, but we are wired so different, (laughs) so different that it's such a beautiful thing when we kind of almost meet in a middle ground. And when we went through Mm pre-Canum and the the counselor talked about this, like, wow, I don't know if I see you guys working out because he's like an extreme sanguine. You're an extreme choleric and very guarded. But she said, if you guys meet at that middle ground, there's amazing things that you can do. Mm -hmm. And it's just sometimes relinquishing the need to control and recognizing things don't have to be perfect for them to be more than enough. And him as well, like having goals and finishing them would be great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the the pain was there for a reason. And I try not to harp on it, but it's, it's, you know, it is still there. And it sounds like you balance each other's temperaments out, which uh, that's that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, Dominique Dawes has been my guest. Uh, what could I say? Uh, what a career in the world of gymnastics, national champion, gold medalist, but now giving back through her academy. And Dominique, why don't you give us the website of the Dominique Dawes Gymnastic Academy? Sure. If anyone's in the Maryland area and they're interested in coming to our academy, it's DominiqueDawesGymnasticsAcademy.com. And we offer not only gymnastics classes for preschoolers up to teenagers, but we also offer ninja classes as well. And that's very much like American Ninja Warrior. It's a lot of fun, challenges kids not only physically, um, but mentally as well in a healthy environment. Dominique, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two play. Dot com. You can like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Dominique Dawes, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. 